Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Jeffrey Halstead, DMD. Dr. Jeffrey Halstead has been Canandaigua's hometown dentist for more than 35 years, offering routine dental care as well as cosmetic dentistry, implants, and dentures by their highly trained and experienced staff. Visit them online at canandaiguadentistry.com or find them on Facebook and Instagram. Today we continue our series previewing local elections across the region by catching up with one of the candidates running for county supervisor in Canandaigua, Rich Russell, joins me in studio. Rich, thanks so much for taking the time today. Well, thanks for inviting me in. I'm glad to be here. Lovely day to take a trip to Seneca Falls. It certainly is. Every day is, we like to think anyway. Uh, why are you running? I'm running because I get charged up by connecting people with ideas and making sure that uh, once we have established a fiscal base for our county, that we can reach out and find uh, organizations that can help the county mission, which is to serve all of its residents. Uh, when you're campaigning right now, what are the biggest issues that you're hearing from voters? I hear, depending on who I'm talking to, I'll hear issues uh, regarding services for seniors. I'll hear issues regarding uh, how are we taking care of our climate, our, our uh, lakes. Ontario County is home to, or at least attached to, five of the Finger Lakes. So that's a big issue for our county residents. And uh, I would say the third thing is, uh, how are we going to get jobs? How do we keep uh, manufacturing? How do we keep ag jobs? How do we keep service industry jobs in Ontario County? Three very good segues into many of the things we're going to be talking about for the next 30 or so minutes. Uh, economic development. What does successful economic development look like to you? In your vision, what does successful economic development look like? Uh, successful, to me, successful uh, economic development starts from the ground up, and that's having a workforce that's educated, flexible, and able to adapt to a changing economic environment. So for me, workforce development is is the number one priority. Uh, seeking out corporations or organizations that come into the county, that's more of a, a, a issue for our economic developers. But the big in industries in our county that we need to be very focused on are healthcare. We have, we're home to three hospitals. That's pretty amazing in rural New York. Uh, agriculture. As in most of Western New York, agriculture is big, particularly the dairy industry and the grape and wine industry. And then finally, the service industry, hospitality is, and tourism. Now that the Finger Lakes are on a, uh, on a pathway to become a heritage site, we're going to be driving more tourism into the, into the area. So I look for those three sectors as being leaders. And as we grow... Uh, the ag business, as we grow services, and as we grow healthcare, will also increase our population. So, what role do you think uh, a board of supervisors, uh, as in Ontario uh, County's case, should be playing in that? Obviously, like you said, mm -hmm. IDA, Economic Development Department's more working in that day to day. But what role would you like to see a, a board of supervisors play in that? Because I would imagine they need to be part of that in some way, shape, or form. Very important part of it number one issue would be the tax base. Are we keeping our taxes in line, keeping them appropriate, uh, 
appropriately small enough in an, in an economic environment where that's almost impossible to be able to attract business. Um, infrastructure. Board of Supervisors is, can be heavily involved in infrastructure, whether it's running sewer lines, running water lines, running fiber bands, supporting the, the uh, outreach of broadband connectivity. Those are all areas that uh, Ontario County Board of Supervisors takes an active step in. Plus the, the basic highway maintenance. You got to have roads so people can get to work. Yeah, uh, of course, infrastructure uh, for city residents in Canada has been a big uh, issue since the flooding over the yes. summer, obviously. Uh, how much of that has bubbled up to the county level that, you, that you've heard that as far as the concerns are? And how do you think uh, the county could help uh, the city with some of those issues? Well, the county uh, has put together an emergency management plan, but that's unfortunately after the after the event occurs we can talk about that later but where ontario county could help up front is through the practices that uh our uh, cornell cooperative extension provides to farmers and uh, the ag community it can also be uh, the uh, soil and water conservation district helping keep more soil and water on the land and productive in agriculture uses those all happen outside the city. Inside the city, that's more of a city uh, government issue. And as I was looking at the issue after the July 9th event, um, I had a chance to meet with uh, Kevin Olvaney from the Watershed Council. And in his interpretation, the uh, most of the water that was dumped outside the city onto ag land or vacant land was pretty well soaked up. There are some catch ponds out there on Sucker Brook that did a, a respectable job of holding back water. Where the issue came is once the water got in the city and onto the impervious services, surfaces, that water flow more than doubled inside the city, which caused the big blowouts. So where Ontario County can help the city is with proper some more proper planning and, and trying to find s spots in a limited area that can absorb that water before it's before it spills over and tragically goes into people's basements and ruins thousands and thousands of dollars of of hard-earned uh, things that are in the basement. So yeah. it's a it's a it's an issue that the county can help on. Uh, mostly from the outs outside the city boundaries. Let's talk about that emergency management plan. Uh, emergency management planning in general, especially uh, given that we are seeing more quote unquote record weather events uh, every summer, every winter. Mm -hmm. How important is that planning? And do you think there's going to have to frankly be more of that over the next five years as we see these incidents evolve and perhaps become more extreme over time? Yes, and in fact, the county is working right now to uh, create a more robust uh, plan to address the emergency services. They did a marvelous job on, on uh, July 9th. The county administrator, the deputy county administrator, the emergency management uh, folks, 911, sheriff's office, city manager, all grouped uh, out at the town barns and starting at midnight, moving resources around to be able to help people. So the response, I, I'm very pleased with the response from the first. 
where we can go from here. Um, I think it really depends on some of the local fire departments, some of the local EMS providers. <coughs> We're getting to a point now where finding volunteers for those folks are, are for those organizations, very difficult. Ontario County government is working to try to shore up those resources, maybe by providing some some tax incentives to uh, help uh, volunteer fire departments and EMS departments recruit uh, members of their force. But it's, 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 a, it's an issue that not only Ontario County is facing, but every county in Western New York. Population's declining, the volunteer base is getting older, and how you incentivize people to show up. We may be heading down the road in a number of years into a more of a countywide response, much like Wayne County has right now. They've gone EMS countywide response. We may be heading in that direction. And if that's the case, Ontario County will play the lead role. I was going to say, how much of that enters your mind, especially with, obviously, EMS has gotten plenty of attention across the whole region, Yates County, uh, Wayne County, several others too. Um, but fire service seems to be in the same kind of situation, declining volunteer numbers, uh, paid departments are obviously very expensive. Paying firefighters are very expensive. Uh, that's not easy for a lot of rural communities to do. I, when you think about what fire service looks like in 10 or 15 years in Ontario County, how what percentage of your brain is thinking, this is probably going to be a county effort? In 10 to 15 years, I don't doubt that there will be more a more robust county effort especially in some of the very outlying communities where finding volunteers to staff equipment that may be outdated or living on the edge of being outdated because they can't get funding to buy equipment. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind that, that there will be a more uh, coordinated response. Now, I, do I see Ontario County taking over the function? Maybe not so much, but I do see local communities starting to pay uh, drivers to pay firefighters. Geneva has a paid driving pool. Canandaigua uh, has a completely paid uh, fire force, which is now being staffed appropriately, and I'm very happy about that. Victor's moving in that direction. Um, we might see uh, Manchester and Farmington moving in that direction in the 10, 10 to 15 years. But I do see Ontario County playing a much bigger role in coordinating those efforts. Does that fall, in your mind, does that fall into the basket of shared services? And perhaps while towns and villages may be tasked with actually uh, going forward with some shared service plans, that the county be kind of a facilitator for some of these uh, communities to share services, share resources, and be able to continue providing services that you know otherwise would be very costly for individual communities to maintain? Shared services is uh, an ongoing function inside the county. It's, a, it's an ongoing function inside most counties because there's financial incentive from the state for shared services. So I see that as being one way of providing that. But it, uh, I do believe that uh, down the road, local communities are going to have to come to grips with how to house the equipment. The personnel may be supplied on a... Uh, more of a regional basis in the county. Maybe there's a, a pool of paid people on the east side of the county, a pool of paid people south and to the west that staff equipment 
and they move you can move that around the equipment can stay you move the people around to uh, as needed um, uh, that's just a thought off the top of my head sure. but i think it's a it's an appropriate uh conversation to have when it comes to how we manage emergency services because as the environment changes as uh, the the infrastructure of our county gets older we do need to be able to respond very quickly to these incidents some of the more rural uh, portions of the region we hear residents uh, concerned about response time mm -hmm. uh, in ontario county do you hear mostly good things about response time or is, are there some concerns in pockets of the county that maybe it could be better i think there are, are in inside the city the response time is obviously yeah. not an issue they're, <laughs> they're on top of it all the time yeah uh, i think you when you get out to some of the smaller communities and i have heard from uh, some of my fellow supervisors and I'm not going to go on record as who these might be, but sure. I know that some of the communities are struggling and actually combining where two towns might combine an EMS force to be able to serve both towns. Uh, we'll see more of that. Uh, and there's definitely uh, a, a dearth of volunteers to staff those, those mm -hmm. positions, particularly ambulance and EMS. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, an issue that we're going to have to deal with. And of course, at the county level, it's impossible to talk about uh, first responders without also talking about uh, law enforcement and policing uh, and the struggle recruiting that basically every sheriff's office is facing across upstate New York. Um, how would you like to see the county approach that given that you're kind of walking a tightrope between uh, demand in the industry and also the fiscal responsibility to taxpayers? Well, and then you throw on top of that that there is a certain num amount of uh, recruiting going on <laughs> cross county lines that uh, has caused some consternation and some talk. Uh, the the fact of the matter is, uh, right now, Ontario County Road Patrol is pretty close to being full staffed, and I can I can tell you, in 14 years of being a supervisor in Ontario County, I haven't heard that before. So. The county made some changes in contracts with mm -hmm. the road patrol, with the sergeants, with the, the uh, I like to call them the gold, gold badges. Mm -hmm. They've made some contract moves that have helped be able to recruit people. Uh, and at this point, we're also looking at maybe allowing our uh, deputies to live outside the county. That's been an issue in the past because our deputies take their automobiles, take their, their patrol units home with them. So if they're in Yates County or Schuyler County, it's going to be a lot more difficult to do that. Yeah. We're working our way. We understand what the issue is. We're working our way to try to make sure that we're fully staffed all the time. Right now, we're blessed we are. Um, the jail pop, the jail recruiting has always been difficult and will always continue to be difficult but we are actively recruiting all the time for people to take the test in your experience what appears to be the bigger challenge recruiting new or retaining after two three four five years i think we're in a much better place right now for retaining recruiting is always an issue because you've got to you'd like to be able to recruit young talent 
put them through the training academy, and then work them up through the ranks. That would be the ideal situation. Mm-hmm. I think we're I think we're getting closer to that. I think our incentive packages, our contracts with the with the uh, unions will allow us to have a better opportunity to retain those mm-hmm. those folks that we are able to recruit. Let's shift gears a little bit and talk environment. Um, whether we're talking HABs, landfills, drinking water sources, economic development, uh, invasive species, all of these things are quote unquote environmental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think about the county's approach to these environmental issues, what stands out to you as a priority and how would you like to see the next two to four years go for the county on that front? Uh, I'm a board member for the uh, Ontario County Soil and Water Conservation District via my legislative duties with the county. So for 14 years, I have been completely immersed in the ag community and how the ag community takes care of its uh, portion of how I would characterize it as environmental uh, concerns attached to the ability to make a living off of the land. Uh, I think we're in good shape there because our uh, conservation district just hired a new technician. We'll have more boots on the ground to help farmers, to help uh, the ag community manage their best practices. We're now as a, as a conservation district, we're now moving into a bit of forestry management. For the southern part of the county, that's important. Timber is a big uh, uh, resource down there. I think we're in good shape with helping large dairy operations fulfill their need to uh, protect the environment. Uh, there are other ways the county can get involved. We are putting in a new state-of-the-art sewage treatment plant in, in uh, Honeyway. Uh, it's been uh, online. For, well, it's it's coming online in the next year, but we do need to take care of our infrastructure to be able to take care of those. Um, the HAB issues, I know that Canandaigua got hit late this year with them. Uh, Honeyway has always had an issue, and, and the county does have a weed harvesting program, which helps, um, but it's a, it's a heavily populated lake with, it's a very shallow lake too, so that that does cause some issues. Seneca has some issues and being able to address them is a county, uh, I'm gonna say it's a county priority in terms of having our partner agencies do some of the work, which would be Cornell Cooperative Extension. Uh, There's the Finger Lakes Institute over at uh, Hobart. We're big supporters of that, obviously big supporters of the conservation district. And we just increased their funding for this year because we understand the need. Climate resilience farming is is going to be the watchword in the next 10 to 15 years. Interesting. How much of uh, this advocacy that really is, is happening with the board is doing um, involves going to the state and saying, hey, we need more funding. Uh, we need more energy from our state partners to be able to really uh, have an effect on some of these issues, especially when we're talking about uh, Canandaigua Lake, which for many of the reasons you just pointed out, appears to be going the wrong direction in terms of HAB frequency and and things like that. Um, Advocacy from the county level would would look more like the the New York State Association of Counties, NISAC. They're going to be our voice in Albany for those programs. 
the conservation district has its own voice in Albany, and they they uh, advocate directly to the uh, Ag and Markets Group, which controls the, the the DEC as well as most of what the funding that comes to the conservation district. Those are advocacy advocacy channels that Ontario County actively maintains. Um, to some extent, Finger Lakes Community College can play a role because they have, through their ag advocacy groups, uh, whether it's the trustee board or whether it's through the president's board, have the ability to uh, advocate SUNY for programs that will help put conservation on the ground, whether it's the horticulture program at the college, or the viticulture program. These are all programs that help retain uh, the, the ability to keep the nutrients where they need to be, which is on the land and not in the water. Right. Uh, let's shift gears and talk a little bit about housing, uh, whether we're talking about uh, median housing stock, whether we're talking about senior housing availability, whether we're talking about rent prices. These are all three uh, issues that the county, through its own efforts, have identified as, as major issues mm -hmm. for it moving forward. Uh, what would you like to see the county uh, act on or not act on uh, in the future, given that we had the survey completed and now uh, finalized 141 pages? A lot to digest in there. Uh, yes. What are the priorities to you? The priorities for me, and this is not a, this is not a problem that's associated with Ontario County solely. When COVID hit and the amount of money that got put into the economy uh, came on board, housing prices, housing stock went through the roof and builders were obviously building to what people wanted, which were more expensive homes. Now we're stuck with a, uh, an issue that we have housing going on, housing construction going on all the time, town of Canandaigua, town of Farmington, Victor. These are growing areas. And in fact, Ontario County is a growing area. Yeah. Problem is they're in the price range that most people can't afford, particularly in the service industry, the ag industry, and the uh, uh, healthcare industry. So what Ontario County can do to help local municipalities because zoning laws, land use laws are all locally driven. Ontario County can't go to, let's say, the town of Bloomfield and say, hey, we're going to put in a, a 150 unit housing development for uh, working families so that they can access jobs closer to your market. Ontario County has no ability to do that. If Bloomfield were to say, hey, to the county, hey, we want to be able to put uh, 150 unit uh, development together that serves not only seniors, but uh, working couples that, that need to have affordable housing so they can get to their jobs, Ontario County would be able to say, okay, maybe we can help by getting a block grant for developers to be able to use to put in infrastructure or the town of Bloomfield to be able to put in infrastructure. And I'm just using the town of Bloomfield as a, as a marker for sure. a town that I know right now is looking for a water line to be able to support increased population growth and increased uh, uh, development, uh, commercial and as well as manufacturing development. What Ontario County can do is, is apply for those block grants. 
and then make those block grants available to local communities to build more affordable housing because that's really the crux of the matter. When you talk about housing and young families, uh, we've seen some data in the last couple of months that really kind of paints a, a not a great picture for the region as a whole. 40% expected growth in the population 65 plus across the region, uh, declining seven to 14% declines in population under 65. When you think about that from an operational standpoint, what concerns you most for a county like Ontario? Well, we're probably the fastest growing county in terms of senior population because of the beauty of the place, because of the nature of uh, people from Metro New York wanting to move out, and they have they have the resources once they sell their house to buy a place here. Uh, we have younger people, to a certain extent, moving back to take care of older older family members. But you're you're right. The reality is, if you look at high school graduation rates in Ontario County, all going down, or at best steady that may turn around a little bit as we as micron moves into the area as more high-tech manufacturing moves into the area we're going to pick up a few more uh younger uh people for the workforce but it is a, it's a tremendous problem we have we have openings in ontario county in the social services department that we can't fill because the people who could qualify just aren't here anymore. I have two sons. One lives in Albany. He left. The other one lives in Monroe County. He left. So, you know, it's it's difficult to attract people, and you have to be able to use your beauty, your natural resources, your um, your advantage to be able to attract people in. And if I had the answer. Ontario County would be full right now. So I guess just to push back on that a little bit, I, I suppose I live in Monroe County uh, and we hear constantly people moving into the Victor, Farmington, Canandaigua area, young people included. Um, is there not something, and like you said, the, the actual total county population trend, I think Ontario and Tompkins are two of the only in the state that are actually increasing. Mm -hmm. um, is there not something good happening there in Ontario? Like something must be going right, right? There is something definitely going right. And, and I would say that the young people, the younger people that I see when I walk Canandaigua, I almost have to believe they're part of the healthcare community because it's, it's such an explosive growth in Canandaigua. If you look at You Are Strong and RGH, they're both large employers in, in at least in Canandaigua and the young people are moving here for those jobs uh, when you get to Victor Farmington those those younger people are only 20 minutes away from Rochester yeah. via 490 or they're only 45 to 50 minutes away from Syracuse so when Micron comes online in a few years I would expect Manchester to become a very viable growing community because it's you're right at the throughway entrance, away you go. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a big calling card for development and drawing younger people into the northern end of the county. 
So in light of everything we've talked about, I'm going to I'm going to hit you with the question that uh, we hear everybody want to ask the candidates when we when we solicit uh, our readers for questions. How are you going to keep taxes low? That's the number one question on most people's mind in light of everything we just talked about. Uh, what's your answer to that? It is a very difficult issue. Um, and if you look at the Ontario County budget, 90% of that $230 million is mandated. Now, that doesn't mean that that the federal government and the state government are mandating these programs and then just walking away from them. They do provide a significant amount of funding, but they're, we, we as a county have to provide the services that those uh, programs require. We have 10%. We have about 10% to work with. And that, inc that it covers road patrol. It covers a number of different things. So how we keep our taxes in line. Um, in the past, the landfill has provided a certain buffer because we were able to write a contract with Casella that allowed the county to uh, reap a, a financial reward from having a landfill in the county. That's going to be going away. So now we have to look at issues outside of uh, the landfill to be able to keep our tax base low. Uh, development also helps. We have had a, a pretty explosive growth in development. So that spreads the property tax levy across a larger group of property taxpayers. Uh, we also have the ability to um, attract certain types of industries that will provide us more of that tax base. But reality is you keep your taxes in line by having good folks in the administration and in the departments keeping an eye on every penny that's spent. If you, if you keep an eye on the money you spend, you're not chasing the money that's going out the door in a fashion that is not helpful to the taxpayer or the residents. Rich, where can folks learn more about your campaign? Pardon? Where can folks learn more about your campaign? What's the best way to get in touch with you if someone has a question? I have a palm card that I pass out from door to door and I'm, I'm doing a mailing, uh, but really the best way to get a hold of me is, is, you know, pick up the phone and call me or send me a text and send me an email. And I do have, I do keep, a very strong record of, of the people who reach out to me and want to know uh, about what services are available. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much for taking it today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That'll do it for this edition of FLX Today. If you'd like to hear more conversations like this one, check out the show on your favorite podcast platform or subscribe to the FingerLakesOne.com YouTube channel. Have a great day and we'll see you next time.